Welcome to Camera Shake Podcast, episode 57 with me, Kirsten Nutz and Nick Kirby. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything to do with photography, videography, making photos, making videos, and anything that's got anything to do with any of that. Anyway, today we come to you from a new set. Ooh. Brand new set. It's exciting. Well, it's season two after all. So, well, you know. a couple of episodes in there. Well, you know, there you go. Anyway, so we hope you like it. We've spent a lot of time and spared no expense to <laughs> put the set together. <laughs> spared no expense. We just moved the room that way around. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> so in, a, in a weird way, you can now see behind the scenes of, yeah. of the episodes that we've made in the past. Yeah, you see so. that right behind me there? That's where I spend most of my days. <laughs> <laughs> Many takeaways been on this, oh, on yeah. this couch. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so we are back with a brand new episode. Um, we've had yeah. some really fantastic guests on over the last few weeks. It's been incredible, isn't it? So, and there's tons and tons of more goodness to come. Yeah, it's been quite humbling than the guests we've had recently. It really has been. You know, yeah. To think, well, to think that, you know, we were... Uh, a, a, a year plus ago now we were just starting doing exactly what we're doing right now just having a chat mm. that we'd have peter hurley on yeah and joel grimes and joel grimes and all the other awesome guests that we've had on. <laughs> of course that yeah. sounds uh sounds like we're picking those two out in particular but they're heroes right and oh, yeah, sure. you know it's just Unreal. Unreal to get the chance to just talk to them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And of course, I mean, the, the thing is that with every time we speak to um, a new guest, there are always a number of takeaways from that. I mean, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, like, there's always a learning experience for us in that. In fact, so mm. much so that um, I kind of I used to a number of Joel's um, hints and tips f uh, at a photo shoot earlier today. Hmm. Gone. Yeah, it's uh, it actually. It's what actually. Did you use? Well, it, it was more. It was more like going for a particular type of look. Okay. You know the kind of movie poster um, type of look. So yeah, I yeah. think yeah, and I think I, I pulled it off. What well. um, what did you do differently to what you would typically do on a, a portrait headshot shoot? Um. Well, I think I mean I, I just used a different. I used a different setup. Okay. You know, one of the things that um, I've seen Joel use, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily an outrageously, um, it's actually a very easy setup. It's really just a, um, a beauty dish um, with a grid on. I tried, I tried a grid, I tried diffusion stock, and I tried it, you know, without anything. Um, very close, with the model very close to, or the subject very close to a backdrop. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, shooting it from, from a relatively low angle with a really wide lens. So, <laughs> the, this is, one of the beauties of, of putting a new set together is that, you know, you can never be sure whether things are, are holding up. I've been watching that getting close to falling over since we started. Thought, no, 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 there we go. <laughs> so what you, what you can't see is that we can see ourselves on, on an external screen over there, which is just <laughs> falling off its makeshift stand. There you go. Yeah, so this particular thing was, um, I'll tell you what was different, right? So under normal circumstances, you know, on a typical portrait shoot, um, I wouldn't necessarily use a 24 mil lens. No. So, you know, the look's different. Yeah. Um, the tones are different. It's, you know, it's got a really cool, 
I don't know, it just really brings the image in, like the light falls in, um, you know, the beauty dish at a really close distance to the to the face really, really creates this really cool light, this really cool pool of light, then it falls off really quickly to the okay. to the side. So that's cool. Yeah, it really um hones in on on the face and it's it just creates these really nice contours. So it's a very, you know, it's a very contrasty kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um and it looks yeah, it looks very cool. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, I haven't actually edited it yet, but um but just straight out of camera, it already looked pretty cool. Nice. Well, hopefully by the time um, this episode goes live, we'll uh, you'll you'll have one ready. And we can pop one in somewhere about now. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. So, so yeah, so that That's was wicked. Um, so that was cool. So you know, again, you know, something learned in yet another Camera Shake podcast episode. This is it, man. This yeah. is it. It's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about. So yeah, it's been cool. It's been busy, man. It's been a busy busy couple of weeks it has it has oh just, just real quick on that shoe you can uh you can try that sh- that style again yeah i think so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna develop that a little bit mm. yeah yeah it's, it's really a cool style um i like it a lot and um there's definitely you know the space for it to grow yeah no. okay that's cool well that i love that I oh love i think another, another thing um that worked out really well in this particular shoot so this was like a, almost like a branding shoot for um, for a music artist, as so we went through different setups and different looks and everything. And um, there was one one portrait look which worked out beautifully by sheer accident. They're the best. And do you know the difference between um, a fabric background and let's say a paper background? Uh-huh. It's the fact that you can especially when you light the background in a way that you can see the texture. The problem with the fabric uh, background is always that you can sometimes see waves in the fabric, mm, you know. Mm. And so what that, the effect that it has, or that it had in this particular case, was that I literally had the light streaks across the back. So under normal circumstances, if I'd lit um, a paper background in that way, I would have just had basically, you know, uh, a circular highlight, you know, on on the on the background, uh, with you know a strong fall off to the side. So basically, you would uh, create like a vignette type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but in this particular case, um, it was sort of a rectangular speed light head, and because the uh, because the backdrop was slightly wavy, it created these light streaks. Oh, and so instead of getting a round sort of pool of light, you get these light streaks across, and it, it really added to the whole look because it was quite sort of a dark mysterious look almost oh that's interesting yeah and it's um and then by, by dropping down the power quite a lot they literally look like little uneven sort of light streaks in the background um so yeah it turned out cool oh i like that see yeah. that's one of those moments mm-hmm. that you'll try and recreate but won't recreate it for another 10 attempts well because next know, next time oh. this is the problem but this is exactly the problem with these uh, kind of fabric backdrops is that the next time you try and recreate it you're guaranteed not to have <laughs> yeah. waves in the same place it'll be totally flat and uh, <laughs> you're kind of screwed but um but you gotta take it as it comes i think but at least you, you've you've seen it now and you know what like i i guess what to look for and say so, okay oh i, yeah. I want to get those about there it was kind of in that position before and try and yeah, manipulate the backdrop to be in in how in the position yeah. you want it. Yeah, because you know I have a love hate relationship with uh, fabric backdrops. <laughs> you know what I mean. The advantage is you can you know you can fold them together and they store really easily and mm-hmm. you know and they're actually very durable. Um, you know I've shot the same backdrop for years and it's and it's as good as new really. So it's it's great and 
um, you can kind of reverse it because the back of it is white. Yep. So yep. you can simply flip it over and you've got a, you know, a perfectly white backdrop for like, I don't know, headshots or whatever. Yeah. See, we, we own we own the same brand of backdrops we mm -hmm. do. And um, I think mine are thinner than yours. Do you? Yeah. Oh, really? I think they are because mine don't, aren't as white on the background, as in you can see the other side a lot oh. more than, than you can on yours. Okay, that's interesting. That's frustrating. So I bought a white one too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Although I'm, the white ones are very cheap for it. but Well, yeah, no, there are. I mean, I, I remember you, you buying a white one and I remember thinking, why? <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was only that was purely a reason. Right. Just because okay. it wasn't white enough. Mm. Um, oh, uh, white enough, that's not really what I mean. But you could see too much of the other side yeah. more, more than anything else. So it's like, mm, for the sake of 25 quid, it's off. Yeah. Because that's all the white ones are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, they're not, they don't break the bank. That's the other advantage of it. Um, I mean, I do like the fact that you can store them away really easily. Yeah. You know, they literally stack up. You form them together, you can stack them. I've got I've, right over there. I've got like five in that box, plus some yeah. speed lights and a whole level load of gear. Yeah, and exactly. it's a tiny little box. There. Yeah, so they're easy to take around. Don't have to roll them up. That's good. Um, you know, and all the rest of it. So, you know, they're practical. They have their mm. um, advantages. I, I, the only thing I find sometimes is that they're not, because they're not as rich in texture as, like, let's say, hand painted. Um, yeah. Like true. canvas backdrops. Um, There's definitely a little bit missing. But that being said, depending on how you photograph your subject, you know, if you've got no light on the backdrop or very little light, or you're just vignetting or something like that, none of that matters. Agreed. You know, totally agreed. And hand-painted ones, you know, they're amazing, obviously. Mm -hmm. They look fantastic. But if you've got them set up permanently, I think that they're, they're ideal. If you don't have that option... Yeah. And you need to keep taking them down and putting them up for each shoot. They're probably not the best idea. Yeah, that's they're, true. It can be a pain. They can be a pain, I think. And uh, yeah, you, you're probably going to end up damaging them. Keep putting them up and taking them down. Yeah, most likely. But they're yeah. expensive. That's very true. Nevertheless, I will invest in one. Damn straight. <laughs> that's, that's the way to do it. Damn straight. Um, but yeah, so. Anyway, good, so, so good shoot then. That was, uh, yeah, was that's awesome. Shoot. Done something a bit different. Yeah, love that. That was definitely that was needed after last. Well, after shoot we did a few weeks ago. Well, no, not a few weeks ago. Last week or this week even, uh, where we drove. How many? How many hours did we spend in the car? Five hours, six hours, <laughs> six hours in the car for twenty minutes of shooting. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. So, I, I tried to forget that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It was, uh, what was it, two two hours there and three hours back, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Oh. yeah Good while we're there, though. <laughs> one of the, it's amazing. One of the most frustrating things, I think, about coming out of lockdown um, over here in the UK is, is the fact that we've gotten so, I've gotten so used to no, there not being a lot of traffic on the roads. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... You know, and there's two things that happen. One, it's super frustrating when all of a sudden you're stuck in a traffic jam and it's not moving. Um, and secondly, I find it very difficult to realistically calculate how long something's going to take because you're so used to like, you know, for instance, like as, you, as an example. You or your car sat nav? Well, both. Well, I don't know. We'll get onto your car sat nav. Oh, yeah, that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, but, you know, let's say typically 
when the roads are clear, it'll take probably about 20, 25 minutes to get from my place to, to yours. When there's heavy traffic, it could take as much as an hour or yeah, more easy. than an hour yeah. and a half. Um, you know, so I find it difficult to judge depending on the day, on the time of day as to how long I have to calculate to get, you know, from point A to point B. Um, whilst pre-lockdown, this would have just been natural. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I will give you one sarcastic reply because it wouldn't be me if I didn't do that, right? <laughs> um, do you know how I'm never late, ever? How's that? Google Maps. <laughs> well, I just have a little look. Half an hour before I... Or an hour before I think I need to leave yeah. to give myself loads of time. Oh, right, it's currently... 40 minutes to get there. All right, fine. Don't need to leave for another 40 minutes then. Fine. I should have another look 20 minutes later. Still uh, a 40 minute 60 journey. minutes. Well, then that's it. <laughs> then you know you need to leave. Right. right. Ooh, better go. And you get in your car and you go and you're yeah. there. Technology for you. Right down. I rely on that. What do you use? The in-car sat-nav, <laughs> which tells me I get there at a certain time. And... What brand of sat-nav is this? Well, you know. Go on. Um, well, you know, it's a Toyota's very own. Super reliable most of the time. The Japanese? Is Toyota Japanese? Toyota's Japanese, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know what, yeah. I, I don't know what, like, what brand the set is though. Well, they, they bought it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the system is, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It works yeah. most of the time. Um, yeah. I mean, in this particular case, it, it was hilarious because we had like two different um, navigation systems running at the same time. They were both telling us vastly Very different, different things. <laughs> and the traffic was just getting worse yeah. and worse, you know, as we were driving. I mean, literally, you know, I think there were five traffic jams and holdups that we could see already developing on our route. So yeah. it was, you know, suddenly get fairly pointless. I was going to get laying in the camping cooker out in the tent. <laughs> you know, as at one point it was looking like we're going to be spending the night in the car. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. The, I, I think the simple fact of it is that the in-car sat-nav perhaps doesn't have a as good a database as Google Maps does to pull from wherever it's pulling from. Yeah, maybe. just not quite, and it doesn't refresh quite as often as Google Maps does. Mm. I think that's really all it came down to. Otherwise, the routes it was choosing, once it got the information, was yeah. the same. Well, here's a, that brings me to, a, to a, a question. Like, how far are you prepared to drive to a photo shoot before you think, well, I should take a plane or a train or something like that? Ooh. Like, how many, wow. how many hours are you prepared to sit in the car to get to a place? So you're asking me... Planes, trains, or automobile. There you go. Okay. Good film. Um, oh. See, I drive a lot, and I've always driven a lot. Mm. And I don't mind driving a couple of hours, three hours, four hours without too much issue. I don't mm. really think about it. I think if you're starting to cross over the four-hour mark, then it might be worth considering right. taking a different route. Um. Oh, it depends. Are you coming back the same day? Are you coming back the following day? Because that does make a difference. Because if you're having to do eight hours driving the same day, yeah. and that's do you, heavy. Do you need to move around at your location is the other thing? Yeah. I think. 
Yeah. Um, if you're then spending, if you're driving for four hours, spending four hours permanently moving and doing stuff, and do you yeah. and like you say, you know, do you need to um, go from or at this point to that point, that point, and drive around? Well, I don't know. It's difficult. Have you ever taken your gear on a train? Full gear, not full gear. Mm. I don't think I have. Like everything. Yeah. Like for, yeah, for a full full shoot. Not the full rig, not on the train. No. Okay. No. Yeah, I've I've never taken the train. I, I very rarely ever take the train anyway. I avoid public transport. But there's, there's people there, so like, we don't. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The flying thing. I mean, you know, I've flown with with my gear several times, and it's it's actually always been good. So mm-hmm. you've never really had any problems. I mean, it's the occasional thing where, um, you know, some over eager person at the gate wants you to check your bag in and you tell them that you know there's a ridiculous amount of camera equipment in there and <laughs> you don't want to check it in that's you know the usual um the usual argument but other than that no oh any god, issues. god oh, that just it upsets me to hear that it's just oh, makes me cringe well it's i mean it's you know it's a sign of the time although i'm not sure how that's going to work out you know when when travel or air travel is actually could be back, you know, post-pandemic mm. sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. so far that hasn't really happened over here yet. You know, we're still, although society in the UK is in general, by and large, is opening up. Travel isn't. Oh, international travel isn't. No. At this point. Got a tiny handful of green con- green list countries which mm. you can travel to. But the, it's just too misleading anyway. Because, all right, you can go to these countries, but you've got to quarantine when you come back. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, you know, and yet flights good? to Portugal. Was it flights to Portugal or Spain and like 300% up? Do you know? Yeah, and the rest probably. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I saw the news the day the, those, uh, the last lift happened, the last restrictions lift happened. And uh, the news was all just, they just travelled out on these flights with people mm. and just gone, oh, you're the first people to go abroad in the... Yeah, okay. We're just grateful to have a bit of normality. <laughs> There's zero normality there. How's that normality? <laughs> Christ. Yeah. Oh, people. Yeah. Anyway. Having said, though, um, I will be going on the first Holly Bops um, in a long time. You next are. Week, so, you know, that should be good. Here, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. In, it's in the country. You know, we're going to hang in Devon for a little bit. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Devon. Yeah. So yeah, I was in Devon last year. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so uh, should be good. One of the nicest parts of the country. That yeah, love it. So yeah, that'd be the first, the first holly bobs, as my wife calls it. Kids or no kids? And uh, no kids. No, <sighs> no except for the favorite child, obviously. Obviously, which is the dog. Obviously, but you know, <laughs> um, so it should be cool. And yeah, other than that, what else is new? Um, we have. Oh yes, we have received. Ah, yeah. Johnny Simon's book. We have. Check it out. Picture Perfect Food. Now, uh, if you cast your mind back, you know, a few, well, last month. Was it last month? It probably was last yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, um, We last had a weeks. few episodes ago, we had Johnny Simon on the show, and she was telling us about her new book that was about to come out at a time. Have you got my copy dirty? No. Okay. It's probably food. Okay. It's, a, it's a book about food. Tree. So, anyway, so... Picture Perfect Food is out now. Um, it's it's a, a 52 bite-sized tutorial 
a book about food photography. And it really is awesome. It really is. I mean, it takes you, you know, the cool thing about it is you don't you really need to have hardly any experience in photography in the first place um, other than a natural interest in it. And it really takes you through the whole um, nine yards all the way from the beginning to taking really awesome um, images of food. So, And it's deceiving how good some of the photos are in here. Because you look at that, you look at this particular shot, just for example. Well, I don't know if the light's shining on that or not. No, it looks all right. I mean, yeah, it's a classic kind of food shot. You don't think too much about it. What you do think is, shit, I want some steak right now. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, what does that say? It says, it's a good shot. Simple as that. Because it makes you want what you're looking at. And that's mm. all food photography is, right? Oh, see, now I want a burger. Although we shot a project for a food uh, photographer only recently and um it just kind of brought True. home how you know how much more is involved in the whole process yeah you know from like yeah. st- not only styling the food but also you know obviously lighting it and um using the right kind of accessories like the right type of plate and you know yeah you know that kind of jazz so uh, that's certainly really interesting and it's nice to see in action wasn't it because it's, it's not something either of us do and yeah. to see someone who is it is what they do in person is 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 really cool you know it was nice to watch wasn't it the best thing about that was that we were meant to shoot a whole bunch of um madeleines was it called madeleines madeleines you know little madeleines yeah madeleines, yeah and uh, we never got to shoot them because we hate them all <laughs> that's the best part that's, that's the royal way it's the it's not the royal way it's literally the way <laughs> this man over here well to my right <laughs> I am a killer of madeleines, that's for sure. And I won't lie, I did pick up the tray many times to just pass it <laughs> over. They were good. What can I say? They were good. Oh man. They were really good. So yeah. So what's next in this book is that we're going to recreate um or follow Joni's instructions and create some kind of food photography. And then we're going to have Joni back, hopefully, to critique what we've done. And for her to say, Nick, Kay, must try harder. (laughs) (laughs) Are we actually going to try and recreate the actual recipe as well? Uh, Well, we both like cooking, so... Well, this could be be fun. Yeah, this could be fun. It's an extra dimension of getting it right, though. Yeah, we could totally recreate it. It'd be um, extra messy, but I'm down with that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to um, find huh, find interesting recipe in that. You see, it's difficult because they're all really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. if you have an interest in food photography and you want to learn how um, how to shoot food and how to do you know, how to really get better, that um, this book is highly recommended. Again, it's called Picture Perfect Food. You can pick it up. Where can you get it? Well, you can get it from Amazon, I guess. Yeah. Is it? Is it actually out here yet? I believe it is. If it I isn't, it you is. can you can pre-order it. Yeah. It will be very very shortly yeah. if it's not. And and see, even the front cover. I want to eat the front cover. Look at that. Yeah. Are they tacos? They're tacos, aren't they? Yeah. Man. <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Highly recommend. Sorry. Distracted by food. <laughs> cool. Now, what else have we got? Um. There's a couple of uh, news stories that have uh, caught my eye. 
over the last few days. Mm -hmm. One is, get this. So we've all been grappling with Zoom over the last year and a bit. Just a touch. You know, since since that was our, you know, the only way we could, well, not necessarily the only way, but one of one of the best ways, I guess, to communicate with other people, not only with individuals via, you know, via, via video link, but also, you know, with groups of people. You know, whether that's your camera club, which most likely would have moved on to Zoom, or whether it's, you know, work or whatever. Education, you know. Um, but Google have been developing a really interesting system, which they call Project Starline. And the idea with that is that they're trying to create a three-dimensional image so that it feels like you're actually sitting opposite another person. Okay. Yeah. And so the way they're doing this is with something called light field displays um, and a whole bunch of sensors. And so what happens is these sensors create um, like a 3D image. And then the software basically adds things like shadows and stuff like that to make it look more realistic and, you know, uh, more lifelike. Um, and then the audio is recorded via like, you know, multi-surround, whatever, blah, 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 so that it sounds very directional. And so the impression that you get, and then it gets all compressed and obviously sent, you know, mm -hmm. sent over the internet, whatever. Um, but if you're sitting in front of a light field display, you're literally going to have the impression that you're sitting opposite another person in 3D. Wait, so the display is a 2D display, is it? I'm not... Well, see, the funny thing was there wasn't... Um, or do you need to wear goggles? No, the whole idea is that you're not, you won't need any goggles or anything. So it's basically creating this illusion of three-dimensionality without the need for goggles or, um, you know, glass thing. You know. There's a Ben Affleck film like this. Is it? Yep. Really? Yep. Well, struggling to remember it. Paycheck oh, is paycheck. what it's called. Right, okay. Paycheck. I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Terrible film. It's fine. It's Ben Affleck. It's fine. It's terrible. But uh... Ben Affleck, if you're listening. <laughs> I'm joking. It's actually not that bad. It's got Uma Thurman in as well. In fact, Ben Affleck, if you are listening, get your ass back into that Batman costume. Man, don't let that freaking vampire take over. That's going to be terrible. It's the lesser of two evils, <laughs> oh, isn't well. it? <laughs> My first vampire. Mm. Well, I guess he was a bat in one movie, so now it's a bat in another. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Oh. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, so, anyway. So it's a 2D display by the sounds of it, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would be. But done but, in such a way that it yeah. looks like... So it's not a hologram, per se. Or, 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 you, or they expecting you to wear no. a headset? No, no headsets, no goggles, no nothing. Okay. Um, so that, that is the, that's the whole idea. And... Um, so this, they've built prototypes, they've been testing it, um, you know, within um, a number of companies in the US. Um, it's very far away from um, making its entry into the consumer market at this sure. point. But, sure. uh, but, you know, the technology sounds sound, you know, and this could be the future of video conference. Well, that's the next step by the sounds of it. I mean, it's, it's the one thing about, you know, if you think about Zoom or, you know, the likes of, of FaceTime or whatever, um, you know, much of a muchness, really, in a sense. You know, you always have that problem that, you know, on one hand, you're looking at a tiny screen of somebody else's face, and then you've got to grapple with, you know, low-resolution mm. um, mm. webcams and, you know, crappy audio and all the rest of it. So it would be good if the, all of that could be cleaned up and you could have a much better signal, you know. Um, and it would go... I think it would go a long way 
in like making these sort of encounters more pleasurable. Yeah. You know, than they are at the moment. I think we're all, we're all a bit Zoom tired. I think everybody's a bit bloody Zoom tired, aren't they? You yeah. know, because it's just, okay, it's just a crappy little image of someone that I know, you know? And if it can, yeah. if it can feel more like you're with that person having a chat, yeah. I'm all for it. Well, I'm always annoyed with the likes of Zoom until I realize that I now have to get in the car, drive 45 minutes for a 15 minute <laughs> meeting, and then drive 45 minutes back. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm done with that. Yeah, at that point, <laughs> yeah. it's like, right, Zoom. Anytime, <laughs> you know, I'm done with that. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm totally. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Actually, I, it's going to be a few years before we see it. Oh I yeah, think, for sure. Could even be ten years, but but you know, sounds... I think that's moving in the right direction. No, for sure. What I really want is I want a little disc that just brings up a little hologram that I can talk to. You know, that's exactly okay. yeah. which film are you in right now? Um, the Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of that. You know. Do you want a holographic chessboard as well? Yeah. Who wouldn't? Well, who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't want a holographic chessboard? Hollow would lose his shit. Exactly. Hollow? <laughs> so low. <laughs> would lose his shit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, what, else is, what else is new? Um, the only other news I've come across that I found sort of mildly amusing, not amusing, but interesting, was the fact that um, Photoshop have up, sort of upgraded their neural filters. I saw that. I did see that. I didn't try anything new, but see, I haven't actually been on Photoshop all that much the last sort of six or eight weeks because I've been so focused on video-related projects. Mm. Um, so last time I used neural filters, there was stuff about making eyes bigger and jawlines different and oh yeah that's all, cool. of, all of that kind of stuff that's the last thing i remember on right. that and work as long as you didn't push it mm. it will work very well but when i uh last went into there which was only in the last few days mm. uh yeah it all it was all change it was all change in fact yeah so a number of these neural filters are as a beta um, yeah. And a, a number of them are, I think they're just gathering information as to how useful yeah. people would find a filter like that sort of a thing. Um, but some of them are really quite useful. I mean, you know, the, the black and white um, photo recoloration filter or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that does actually work surprisingly well. It's not 100% perfect all the time, but, you know, generally speaking, it does a pretty decent job. So and, I wonder how that's working. Is it, you know, cause obviously it's still color in a black and white, image that the underlying kind of if you push reds you push blues you push push cyans things like that it makes an impact on on the look of a black and white image still i wonder if it's somehow working that kind of stuff out plus working out what the shape of something is 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 that a person is that a tree is that this and combining that all together I, i really Honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I think skin tones might be a good starting point. They will probably figure yeah. out, well, this is probably a face, so therefore that's probably skin, so therefore it's probably in this tonal range. And so therefore I can sort of deduce more or less what the other greys are potentially, or is a high chance that this could be a blue or whatever. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting thing. Mm. Um, you know, it may be a lot more random than, than we think. Who knows? It'd be interesting to look into that. Maybe we should get somebody on the show. Uh, from Adobe that can explain oh, to us how that actually works. I'd love to talk works. to someone who knows about all that. Um, so that's interesting. In fact, I mean, if if you know how these filters work, then just you know, get in touch with us. It'd be interesting to hear about. Um, 
But the, uh, the, there's a new neural filter that uh, Photoshop or Adobe have just introduced, and it's called the Depth Blur Filter. And what it really is, it's you already know, or we already know this from our mobile phones, from our cell phones. It's the kind of the portrait mode whereby it um, blurs out or creates like a bokeh type of a thing uh, in the background. Yep. So we're now, you know, we're now creating that that depth of field blur, if you want, if you want to call that, for for the lack of a better term. But um, did you did you try it? Um, I've, I've seen some examples. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does its job. Yeah. You can you can kind of set the the depth of field um, focus points or whatever else, so you can change the blur depending on. So you get different parameters that you can change about it. So it makes it more flexible than what you would get from your phone, mm-hmm. but. That being said, I've yet to see a photograph where that looked as good or as realistic as it would be, you know, using an actual lens and an actual aperture. You know, it's that's just one of these things. So I think it's like like it's, many things. It's brilliant for a, a snap, yeah. right? You know, it's the best way to put it, I guess. It's fantastic for a snap. And even if you take a snap and you can see these examples where actually it's just for whatever, because of the textures and the different mm. contrasts that are going on, it misses a section yeah. somewhere. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it misses out. Yeah. Even then, for a snap, it still looks good. Mm. It's great. It's, it's more pleasing to look at than had it not been in that mode, right? Yeah. But you never... Oh, maybe one day you will, but... Right now, I don't think you you can't replace what an actual lens does. No, it's also I mean you know, very often I say this all the time when it comes to post uh, production, you know, or editing is that you know if you can do something in camera, in a sense, why wouldn't you? I mean, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, once you bake it into the image in camera, then um, it maybe doesn't leave you as many options later on. But the reality, I think, is always is it usually is a time saver. You know, if, if you can get something, saver. yeah. So. So that's the thing. I mean, it's not to say that, of course, helps you. You make decisions. You commit to something that you're going. Yeah, for. I mean, I mean, that's not to say that, for instance, later on, once you're looking at the photo on the screen, you don't have additional creative ideas. You know, and totally. that, that could totally be the case. And so, in that instance, this could be um, a, a quick kind of fix for that. There are certain things um, that work really well. I mean, the sky replacement tool is probably a good example. It actually works surprisingly well. Um, it, it does. You know, again, as, as with all of them, in the right circumstance. Yeah. And of course, you know, you often you have to go in and, and adjust little things and maybe, you know, correct a little bit of pops. But it's definitely a lot less time than having to go in and manually replace yeah. the sky. So, you know, so it's all like horses for courses, I guess. Exactly. For that one occasion where it doesn't work and you would need to go in and do it manually, yeah. you've spent a couple of minutes trying to make it work with that. Yeah, and most of the time it's going to work. Often, yeah. It's, you know, on that one occasion it doesn't. Fine, okay. Yeah. You've wasted a couple of minutes. Now you can go and do what you were originally going to do, and many you don't. Yeah, yeah, it just speeds the process up. So, so you know, it's yeah. I mean, you know, I, I like the fact that they're they're bringing in new filters and they're trying out different things. So let's just see where that where that goes. Yeah, you know, over the next um, few months or year or something. And it's all there. It's all AI based, isn't it? That mm-hmm. that stuff. So it's. I think it's one of those. If everybody, it's all sending information back to Adobe every Adobe every time you use it. Use it. Everybody use it. You don't have to commit to it. 
but try it and use it. And then if you don't like it and you don't use it, it will go through the software, it will know that, and it will send it back to Adobe and it will make it better. In fact, if we, get, for everybody. if we get loads of people to create uh, photos with depth blur using the new depth blur, blur filter and send it through to us, that'd be hilarious. Yes. So, you know, if you if you do have or if you do use Photoshop, uh, you know, try that new uh, neural filter um, and tag us on Instagram or something, that'd be interesting to see. That'd be awesome. That'd be fun. For that'd sure. be fun to see those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to do mine tomorrow. Now, it seems live events are back. Are they? Well, yeah. Did you watch Eurovision? No. So Eurovision, I think, was it like a test like a test type of event where they had an actual live audience, albeit like a relatively small live oh, audience. Is that right? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I've, you know, people say uh, Eurovision's political, but I think that's crap. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nil so, point. So here's the thing, right? Nil so, point. I tell you what. I tell you what. I write. Yeah, I've read something. I've read something rather interesting about this. So, you know, I mean, we send, first of all, we make no effort in writing, uh, on get, uh, you know, on, on getting anybody to produce music that actually has, well, well we put no, no effort into the music, basically, right? That's one thing. Mm -hmm. Then if we send a guy over there who basically takes the mic out of, all the other nations and all the other songs and everything else, like nonstop. Mm -hmm. And and then we're surprised when we're when we don't win it. In fact, we're surprised when we come last, when we have put no effort into the whole thing. And then we blame everybody else. It just seems bizarre to me that that, that is actually a thing. <laughs> you know? Welcome to the backwards British way. Well, I mean, it's just it's just interesting because you look at uh, other countries uh, that usually do very well, like Italy, for example, right? Yeah. Like, because they weren't taking coke. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I don't even know whether that was a thing or not. But, but you know, it's it just uh, it just it boggles my mind as to how people God, can. You even went to boggle. I wow, know. that means it's serious. Boggles, boggles to mind <laughs> um, as to how people think that it's. That it could potentially, that it could be political. I mean, it may be or may not be, but the reality is, the reason, the reasons why we always, you know, put up such a bad show, you know, it's got nothing to do with politics. It just gets some. It's got all to do with with the fact that, you know, we treat it as a joke, and and then we're somehow surprised that yeah. we, we don't win it because yeah. you know we're terrible because we don't give a damn about what we do in Eurovision. We never have. We never have. We come across like we get care, but we don't. You know, what? what is, I mean, on a serious note, As though. In, and I mean, the art, from yeah. a country artist perspective, not from Joe Public watching yeah. it, because actually I think Joe Public do care. What is what is interesting to me is, is the fact that, you know, um, a country where... You know the music industry plays such a large role, and it's and bizarre, actually, you know, has such such huge um, export value. You know, um, I, I just find it I find it bizarre that, that we can't or don't bother to uh, 
you know, to put more effort into into the Eurovision mm. um, Song Contest. Because if we decide collectively, you know, as a nation or whatever, that we're not interested in it, then why even take part? Why take part? Like, what's exactly. the whole, what is the point? I think it could be just as interesting to watch the whole shebang, even if the UK doesn't take part in it. Yeah. You know, it might you just get, be... You get to see Lordy from... Were they Norwegian? Yeah. Was that Norway? Where, wherever they were from. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Even Will Ferrell, even Will Ferrell's um, Eurovision that was movie fun. That was, was a good uh, film. Was yeah, yeah. So, I know. enjoyed that. It's kind of tame, buddy. Who doesn't like Will Ferrell, though? Hmm. I think Bear Grylls doesn't like Will Ferrell. Bear Grylls? <laughs> <laughs> How does he connect in any way? I don't know. <laughs> Bear Grylls. <laughs> Lots of people don't like Bear Grylls. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I'm starting to wonder how this has anything to do with photography. There you go, there you go. Uh, who knows? Anyway, um, it's, 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 it's almost midnight, so it's fine. It is. Yeah, that's what happens when um, we sp- <laughs> we spend about four hours putting a new set together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, strong coffee, what, really coffee, or, or whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So we've got a whole bunch of. Um, uh, photographic projects planned for the you know, over the next few weeks. Mm. So we can talk about that. Yeah, that sounds sounds like a good idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a few bits and pieces going, isn't there? Um, we still got a lot of a lot of editing to do for some couple of video projects uh, that we've been working on. We're also back shooting Ferraris, God. so that should be cool. Yeah, that's very very cool. Um, next week's video shoot for the Ferrari will be fun. So we're doing a origin story if you like for um a guy in this ferrari and it does have quite an origin story we won't give any away you can watch the video then we've got um a couple of music related um projects coming up too yeah that'll be fun um it's been a little while since we've done, done a photography related music project but we've some video work with him too haven't we mm-hmm. um that's gonna be good so there's some interesting stuff coming up um and of course, you know, on a kind of more of a personal project type of side, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things are developing over the next few months because, you know, at least, you know, travel in country is is possible again. So that, that will open up a number of things yeah. you know, for us to do because I think, you know, we've, you know, we've got challenges to complete and um, that's true, you know places to go so i'm going to go down and uh, visit a friend of mine in uh, plymouth and uh I, I don't really do landscapes as such all mm. that much but he's he's been doing photography since he was you know sort of 14 15 16 something like that it's always been a massive mm. passion of his um and but he moved down to plymouth a few years ago and i've barely seen him since so I'm going to go down there when, you know, it's more okay to do so, probably August, September time. Mm. I'm going to go out. I'm going to spend, you know, uh, you know a couple of days camping. Mm. I don't like camping. You know, I once got thrown out of an English class because I pronounced the the town Plymouth as Plymouth. I think your teacher was correct to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Is it um, 
Where does Queen live in London? Buckingham Palace. Oh. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Is it near Leicester? Well, Buckingham. Leicester. Leicester Square. Leicester Square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have any um, photo projects uh, that, that you're working on at the moment, you know, let us know. It'd be always that'd be interesting to uh, to hear about. Um, you can get in touch either via email at chemistryshakepodcast at gmail.com or just hit us up on Instagram um, or Facebook, whichever way. Or, you know, as always, you can always tie a note to a pigeon and send it over the pond. Not again. It works every time. Do you have any idea how many pigeons? <laughs> well, that is very true. Um, so what else is new? Oh, the BBC are launching a new photography-based program. It's the Great British Photography Challenge which is apparently modelled on the Great British Bake Off. Okay, so Noel Fielding taking photos. Um, actually, it's presented by Rankin himself. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, so there's six uh, competitors, or six participants, who are going to be um, doing, I think, weekly photo challenges in order to, you know, slug it out for the, for the title. I mean, on the plus side, you know, I think it's it's interesting to see that the BBC are putting, you know, a focus on photography yeah, or yeah, the arts in yeah. general, because, you know, um, very cool. I think the arts are under, under pressure at the moment anyway, as far as funding is concerned, you know, especially post-pandemic. And yeah, so, yeah, uh, true. So true. in that respect, you know, it's a good thing. It's on BBC4. Um, the first episode airs on uh, May the 24th, which incidentally happens to be today as we are recording this episode, which also means that by the time you're watching this, that would have already happened and you're probably knee-deep into the second episode already. Yeah, true. Um, BBC Four, thank, thanks BBC for really pushing it up the uh, agenda. Thank you. Yeah, so that's <laughs> good news. <laughs> I'm joking. That's anyway. great. That's really cool. That's cool. very, very cool. Perhaps... Maybe, maybe we pay attention to the challenges that they're doing and start recreating our own stuff. Depends what they're doing. Hmm. That could be interesting. So we could, we could create our own challenges and we could challenge our listeners and viewers to, uh, to partake in said challenges. Exactly. That could be cool. Okay, watch out for next week's episode because we will have a photo challenge for you. That's a promise. There, I said it. <laughs> as requested by some of our viewers anyway done now wow now we are nearing nearly midnight it's almost time for bed sorry are we tired oh man with that we have come to the end of this week's episode it was a relatively quick one but we had to build a new set and we will be back next week with lots of exciting news and we'll see you then by the way if you want to join the community um, make sure you head over to the Camera Shake Podcast website. That's camerashakepodcast.com. Hit the Join Our Community button and we will update you with lots of exciting news. That being said, we'll see you next Thursday. Bye.